I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, 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 and welcome, ladybirds and gentle lemurs, to the Human Nature Podcast. Here we explore the ups and downs of being Homo sapiens and learn a thing or two on how to be a better animal. My name is Elliot Connor, and I'm at least half elephant. But the star of the show today is none other than Nancy Vermeulen, a Belgian astrophysicist, commercial pilot instructor, and senior aerospace consultant. To the layperson, that means she trains astronauts. Welcome, Nancy. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, I can tell you, I've often looked at those zero gravity simulations and thought, gee, what a lot of fun that must be. You must be kicking yourself doing what you do for a job. But tell me, what is it you most enjoy about your line of work? So, well, Elliot, it's to give people the bigger picture. When I tell people that I dedicate my life to facilitate space travel, I often get mixed responses and people ask, yeah, why do we even want to go into space? And haven't we created enough problems on Earth already? Or they say, yeah, commercial space travel is just the next hobby for the super rich. But in reality, it's a lot more complex than that. And that's why I founded the Space Training Academy because I want to contribute to space exploration, to the new space economy and help the general public to see the full picture. And I'm convinced that space exploration has a lot of potential and also economic benefit for many people everywhere on Earth. And I want to bring the universe closer to the people and vice versa, because space travel matters to all of us. Thank you, and there you have it. Of course, Nancy, you've had quite your fair share of experiences to mention. You've flown with the US Air Force over Baghdad during the Second Gulf War. Uh, You've commanded a practice Mars mission in the deserts of Utah. And of course, you've founded the Space Training Academy, which gives everyone the opportunity to learn the skills to go out of this world. Do you have any big plans moving forward? What's the dream for five or even 10 years time? 
Well, I hope that space travel will become accessible to many more people and research institutions. Well, we see top technology and top science finding each other in extreme environments. And that's how we make our fastest uh, progress as a human species. Well, we can't imagine a world without space exploration. And thanks to space, we have many spin-offs like GPS, solar panels, weather satellites, and in extreme conditions, we learn a lot about our human body. So that will, will help advance medicine. And if you look at the development of uh, the space sector, you see that it was mainly driven by geopolitical military purposes. And during the Cold War, you had the space race between the former Soviet Union and the United States. Well, today we see a new space race between new players like China and India. And I think, I hope that we will continue to explore space by peaceful cooperation, driven by truth, true science, so that the benefits are available for humankind as a whole. And there is, of course, a new space economy that's growing fast. Uh, think uh, at players like Elon Musk from SpaceX, Axiom Space, Virgin Galactic, Blue Origin, or initiatives like Space Perspective that will give many more people the opportunity to experience the overview effect. I hope space will unite us and not divide us. And of course, I personally hope to play an important role in that as a private astronaut trainer, coach, and a space ambassador. Well, I know that 2020 has been a challenging year for all of us, but by the sounds of it, you're not going to let that stop you. And I know that all of our listeners are 100% on your side in living this lifelong dream of yours. As you know, here at Human Nature, we like to ask a little question of all our guests, which is, if you could choose one animal to be, which would you choose? What are your thoughts? Well, I choose a rat. A rat because it's one of the most misconceived animals in the world. Well, I must say, I think that's a mighty fine choice of yours. Rats certainly are one of those creatures that many of us learn to hate, uh, but that's mostly because they're so incredibly successful. I personally find them fascinating. Actually, I came across a little nugget of rat trivia the other day, which I thought I'd share with you. It's about a very fine species called the uh, Laotian rock rat, which, as the name suggests, inhabits a small area of the Southeast Asian country of Laos. Anyway, what I read was that the entire family of rat species to which this one belongs was thought to have become extinct 11 million years ago until a specimen of the species was discovered for sale on a market in 1996. It was saved from the unsavoury fate of being turned into a rat kebab. Oh my God. I, I imagine with the incredible life you lead, Nancy, this, it's this hardiness and perseverance of rats that really appeals to you. And sure. then there's, of course, there's the amazing history of rats to speak about. So tell me, what was the reason for your choice of a rat as an animal? Well, rats are not mean. Eh? They are not as dangerous as we think. Uh, and actually, they are very nice, sweet pets, very intelligent and social. And like you, you already told, eh? they like to explore, push their boundaries. They are also very agile and they work together in social structures in order to advance the species as a whole. So I think that, that we as a human species can learn a lot from them.
I couldn't agree more with that fine assessment. And rats are one of those animals that everyone has heard of, that everyone is surrounded by. And so everyone has the opportunity to connect with if we can pause to appreciate them. Something else I found out researching this show is that in the not-so-distant past, there were once rats the size of hippopotamuses that inhabited the South American continent. Rats, of course, are opportunists. They evolved to make the most of any new opportunities they are presented with to adapt rapidly and colonize dramatically changed environments, which makes them similar to humans in many ways with this exploratory instinct. The brown rat, which is the species that we're all most familiar with, has found its way into every continent except for Antarctica. That's quite a feat. I wonder, Nancy, where do you think humans will be going next? When will we make it to Mars, the red planet? And what about beyond? You're working outside of the big government space agencies in the rapidly growing field of commercial spaceflight. So how long do you think it will be before we can expect to be holidaying in space? So yeah, low Earth orbit will be commercialized the next 10 years. So yes, we will see space tourists making shorts of orbital, but also orbital flights and spending some time in low Earth orbit. But we will also see uh, industrial production of isolation materials, medicines, and maybe human organs that will be 3D printed in space. We are on the convergence of the fourth industrial revolution and a peak in human knowledge. So I think as a human species, it's the time now to take a leap into space so that in the longer run, we will become a spacefaring species. We cannot stay on Earth forever. The sun will expand in 800 million years and fry us. There can be a supernova explosion or an asteroid to wipe us out, just like what happened to the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. Well, human space exploration has to go step by step. And um, about the moon, yeah, that will be the next uh, step to go back to. Uh, you will see public-private cooperation to explore the moon. This time we will go to the moon to stay, which is possible now as opposed to 50 years ago, because today we know that there are uh, resources on the moon like water and we have uh, the 3D printing techniques that allow us to use the material of the moon to print our shelters. Uh, that's much more efficient than transporting all the material from Earth that costs a lot of energy and money. We see the development of um, reusable rockets and this time we will go to the moon to stay and I compare it like the research station on Antarctica. But parallel on that, we will also see uh, commercial companies coming up, mining industry and so on. And then yeah, exploring the moon will learn us a lot uh, about uh, Mars. And in parallel, we will aim for Mars uh, in, the, in the 30s. But I think the biggest hurdle for us is our own human psyche. So maybe we can learn a lot from rats. That's quite a vision to be sure. And I mean, it's what we've all dreamed of at one point or other in our lives, getting out beyond the earth and looking back on it all. I imagine it's one of those experiences that puts everything in perspective. 
Yet, as you must see every day in your line of work, there are these tremendous challenges we encounter in getting out into space. What would you say is the hardest part of space training that is required? Well, it depends of what kind of person you are. Eh? For some, it is, it is a physical part, the G accelerations, um, but for other, it's the mental part, eh? um, confined spaces, letting go of control. Um, but I think that we need to change our perspective, our way of thinking, because we are all astronauts, whether we like it or not. Many people are afraid of space, but we are all astronauts on planet Earth. We are all traveling at a tremendous speed of 800,000 kilometers an hour uh, through deep space, together with the sun and the other uh, planets. But we forget all about that, and we forget that there's a galaxy uh, out uh, there. But in fact, yeah, we are all astronauts on planet Earth, and we need to uh, enjoy it. Ah, well said, well said. Uh, rats, of course, can climb vertical surfaces. They can leap down more than 15 meters without injury and swim for three days straight without pause. But I still imagine they would struggle with some of the rigors of human space training. It really does stretch our human abilities to the limit. In, and in doing so, it brings out the best in us. Nancy, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Human Nature podcast today. On behalf of our entire audience, I'd like to wish you the very best for your many endeavours ahead. We'll both be back after the break for the Human Nature Quiz Round, where Nancy will compete against two lucky listeners on 10 specially prepared questions about space-going animals. Welcome back once more to the Human Nature Podcast. Here on the show today is Nancy Fellmullen, private astronaut trainer, pilot and lifelong advocate for the STEM studies. But as this is the Human Nature Quiz Round, she'll be facing up against a team of two randomly selected audience members for the chance to prove her place amongst the stars. 
Nancy, are you feeling confident? Yeah. Wow, I like that. Very prompt response. <laughs> Clearly, we've got some tough contestants to face up against. Uh, so let's go ahead and find out who they are. We have Paul, who is a seasoned debater and young UN negotiator campaigning on environmental issues. How will he fare outside of his comfort planet? We have Isa, a German university lecturer on marine sciences and a doctoral researcher. Can he prove his knowledge of the blue planet and beyond? So how are you both feeling? Do you two think you can best Nancy at these 10 space animal trivia questions? Well, I do have a bit of familiarity with the commercial space sector and space history and some uh, background in the environment. So uh, unless Nancy's got a uh, fair familiarity about um, animal launches into space, uh, I'm feeling lucky. Wow. Wow. It's going to be a tough quiz round that I can tell already. So to explain how the quiz works, the rules of the game are very simple. I'll read a question. Either contestant can at any point make their buzzer sound. The fastest to the mark gets to answer first, but if they answer it wrong, then their opponent will have the chance to steal the point with a correct answer. For question one, we will have Nancy versus Paul. Nancy, can I get you to test your buzzer? Brilliant. And Paul, what does your buzzer sound like? Great. So we're all systems go. And the question is, which of the following animals has not gone to space? Your options are a chimpanzee, a turtle, a water bear, and a crocodile. Oh, that was very close, but I think Paul just made the mark. Paul, what is your answer? Crocodile. <laughs> very fine answer, Paul and Isa, you are both on one point. That was the correct answer, of course, it was a crocodile. An easy question to start with. How will mm. you fare on question two? For question two, we will have Isa versus Nancy. Isa, okay. can I get you to test your buzzer? Perfect, perfect. Okay, and your question is, name the first animal to have been sent into space. Your options are fruit flies, beetles, wasps, spiders, monkeys, or tortoises. Monkey. Ooh, Ice has come up in with a quick answer, but it is not the monkey. So Nancy, would you like a chance to steal? Yes, uh, fruit flies. Fruit flies is correct. Nancy, you have earned your first point. It's one all and it's really strong start for both teams. Question three, we will have Paul versus Nancy. Question three is, what sort of animal can you see from space? Your options are elephants, fish, krill, whales, or herds of antelope. Nancy, that was very fast. What is your answer? Plankton. That is correct. Nancy, you are on two points and you have taken a very early lead. Strong performance all round. How are you feeling, Paul and Isa? Do you think you can make a comeback? Yeah, sure. We can make it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bravado. So question uh, four, we will have Isa versus Nancy. 
And your question is, how do bees react to being sent into space? Your options are, they cannot fly, they no longer build hives, they will not poop, or they abandon their swarms. <laughs> yeah, they abandon our swarms. Oh, I, sir, unfortunately, that's the wrong answer again. Nancy, would you like to steal? They, yes, um, they no longer build hives. Oh, you're close, you're so close, but it's not the right answer, unfortunately. The right answer in this case was they no longer poop, indeed. In the one what? instance when this has been recorded, studied, uh, the one a scientific paper on the subject, they actually refused to poop. The reason, perhaps, was they stayed in their hive. They continued to develop, build it, uh, but they don't like to poop inside their hive, uh, so they had nowhere to defecate, unfortunately. So that was the correct answer, but the scores remain 2-1 to Nancy, moving into question five. 2-1-2. Two, two. Paul and Nancy, your question is, which kind of creature was used by Boeing to do their electrical wiring all the way up until the 1960s? Your possible answers are snakes, ferrets, octopuses, and moles. <coughs> Nancy, what is your answer? I go for snakes. Oh, it's not the correct answer, unfortunately, but it's a very good try. Paul, what's your guess? Ferrets. Confused by this question. It's a very strange question, isn't it? But indeed, Boeing did use ferrets to do all of their electrical wiring uh, up until mid last century. So there you have it. Uh, ferrets were actually quite widely used for this purpose. Uh, I guess they're easy to train. Uh, they're good at fitting through these small spaces. Uh, so mm. they're in some ways ideal for the task. <laughs> I just don't want to be the snake handler <laughs> if you were going to use snakes. Oh, God, no. Well, that would make it to all as we move into question six. So your neck and neck. We will have Isa versus Nancy. And your question is, rats have made it into space many times, but where on earth, aside from both poles, would you be unable to find the brown rat? Your choices are Alberta in Canada, the city of Jakarta in Indonesia, London in the UK, or the South Island of New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand. I say you're very, very fast at the mark, but it is not New Zealand, unfortunately. Unfortunately, New Zealand has quite a bad rat infestation. It's caused uh, tremendous troubles with the native birds who are flightless. Uh, so Nancy, you just got to click in. What yes. is your answer? It's Alberta in Canada. Alberta in Canada is correct. Very strong answer. Alberta is pretty much the only place which has succeeded in keeping this brown rat expansion out. Uh, they've set up a border perimeter and just about managed to keep uh, the species at bay with 24-hour uh, surveillance and monitoring. Uh, so it just goes to show how strong these rats are at getting out, exploring how resilient they are, even in these tough conditions. But Alberta is correct. Uh, so Nancy, you have taken the lead once more with three points to two. Paul, it's going to be up to you to make it up, to make a back to an even score. Your question, question seven, 
is what was the name used for all of the first six monkeys to be sent into space? Your options are George, Molly, Albert, and Vlad. Albert. <laughs> oh. Albert. That was very dodgy answer going before your buzzer, but I will give you half a point for Albert as the correct answer. I think we'll have to split that uh, between Nancy and Paul. You are both correct with Albert. There were indeed six monkeys called Albert sent. Uh, the last one was the first to survive it back uh, without any serious knock-on effects, uh, but Albert is the correct answer. Albert and Alberta. What a coincidence. So we have it that Nancy again is in the lead with three and a half points to Paul and Isa's two and a half. You have three more questions, Nancy, to retain the lead or Paul and Isa, you have three more questions to take it back. But the next question is, the 17th century scientist Charles Morton believed that birds migrated seasonally to the moon. How long did he say it took for them to reach their final destination? Isa and Nancy, your options are six hours, six days, 60 days, or six weeks. <coughs> Nancy, what's your answer? I go for 60 days. 60 days is a very fine answer. 60 uh... days precisely. Yes, yes. Uh, before it was finally worked out, the puzzle of bird migration, there were plenty of theories around as to how and where indeed birds went. Uh, Charles Morton had one of the more extreme options on this scale. He proposed that the birds flew at 200 kilometers per hour uh, for 60 days nonstop until they made it to the moon uh, where they would overwinter. So, I mean, if I was a bird, I don't think it's a bad holiday destination. <laughs> but a bit of a trouble to get there, I suspect. Anyway, anyway, Nancy, you are on four and a half points to Paul and Isis two and a half. <laughs> it's going to be very close this round. Paul, you have the chance to make it back. This is a tiebreaker. If you can't win this, then Nancy will have one. Your question is, which large animal has aided NASA's research into preparing astronauts for adapting to and from low gravity conditions. Your choices are an elephant, a sperm whale, a giraffe, or a dolphin. <coughs> and Nancy... Elephant. elephant. Oh, I think Nancy was just first. Nancy, what's your answer? A dolphin. It's not a dolphin. I sir, what are you going to say? Yeah, an elephant. You're going to say an elephant is not an elephant either. Paul, would you like to sperm make it whale. up for your team? It's not a sperm whale either, which means, Nancy, the correct answer is... A giraffe. <laughs> a giraffe. We got there finally. It's a giraffe. Oh, man. Unfortunately, neither team gets the point for that. Giraffes <laughs> indeed have assisted greatly in NASA's research for helping astronauts adapting to and from low gravity conditions. Uh, they have the highest blood pressure of any animal. Uh, so when they bend down to drink or to move their heads, uh, they have to have special adaptions to make sure the blood doesn't clog their head and they don't pass out and such things. Uh, so giraffes are fascinating uh, for research in adapting to these low gravity conditions. 
But unfortunately, with neither team gaining a point, Nancy, I think you've won for now. We'll have one more question. So Paul and Isa, if you can do this, you will have regained some of your dignity. Nancy, currently you are leading by four and a half points to two and a half. And Paul and Isa, you can either of you answer this question. Finally, a recording of this animal's sound was sent out towards the stars on the Voyager Golden Record disc in the hope that alien life forms might better understand it over human speech. What animal is this? <coughs> Nancy, straight ahead. What is your answer? Yeah, that, that's a whale, of course. It is a whale. Very, very strong ending to the show. You've been super at this quiz game. Apparently your knowledge of animals is as profound as that of space. So congratulations on a storming lead and a fine victory on the Human Nature Game Show. Of course, you have one uh, with five and a half points to two and a half uh, for Paul and Isa. Well, that concludes our show today. So congratulations, Nancy, for the win. We'll be back next week for episode three of Human Nature. Make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Until then, stay safe and do try and be a better animal. Thank you all and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.